0: Okay. And we're live. This is Matthew, and I'm joined with Rizzle. We're back with another special interview on The Sent Podcast, where we're speaking with all the creators who are building some of the most fantastic projects in the crypto space. My guest today is a really special one. They're an OG digital cat breeder, and they've been involved in the NFT thought space for a minute. They're known for their super strong opinions, which after doing some digging, I found is rooted in a sincere desire to help the NFT space and all the digital artifacts in it to stay around for centuries and centuries to come. They're also the creator behind the all new on-chain NFT project, Avastars, which has a number of folks FOMOing out of control right now and is trying to champion an improved rich metadata standard for NFTs and push forward true NFT ownership rights by introducing a novel digital asset ownership license. I'm really stoked to be able to speak with Jim McNellis, the creator of Avastars today. Welcome to the show, Jim.
1: Thank you, Matthew. I really appreciate it. And uh, from the sounds of the introduction, you really have been keeping up with what I'm doing here. And uh, I appreciate that as well, man. I I am trying to do what you say, and it's important that eventually people start to pay attention and and listen to what I have to say in order for, for that to work. So thank you.
0: For sure. Definitely looking forward to digging into all of those bits a little bit more. But first, if you could just quickly introduce yourself and then get into to Avastars. Tell us about this latest project of yours.
1: Sure. Great. Yeah. So my name is Jim, Jim McNellis. Uh, I currently live in Idaho, United States. Uh, I don't hope to live in Idaho much longer. I don't want to talk about Idaho. I don't like like Idaho. I mean, you can put this part in, but I don't like Idaho. Fuck. All right. Um, Can you wind me up again there? Can you ask me?
0: That, that was Sorry. this is the best start to a podcast ever, by the way.
1: That's right. Yeah, I was like, just let it run, man. All right, fine. <laughs> Let's let it run. I live in Idaho, I'm dealing with it, okay? <laughs> um so before I lived in Idaho, I've been many places and that's not important at all because we're on the internet and we're building the metaverse and we can all be anywhere, and it literally doesn't matter. It's morning time for Matthew. It's evening time for me, and I don't even know where Rizzle is, and it doesn't matter. So, anyways, that is why we are actually here, right? Because we are building the metaverse. And for me, who I previously had a business uh, setting up email for enterprise, uh, I was a uh, started a business that was partnered with Google, and we helped some of the largest cities and organizations in the world uh, set up their email systems and then I took a couple years off went on the Appalachian Trail did some hiking heard about Bitcoin remembered that I knew about Bitcoin before but had completely forgotten about it came back off the trail a couple months later set up some mining rigs uh, for Ethereum and then everything popped off in December 2017 like right after I did that. Uh, I found CryptoKitties on December 4th after my cat had run away. And I uh, bought a cat because I thought my cat was dead and I needed something to commemorate her with. She came back two weeks later. I mean, I had actually come up here to Idaho. My house was in uh, Lake Tahoe, but I come up here to Idaho, and I got a call from my uh, roommate. She's like, the cat's here. So anyways, uh, that's how I found CryptoKitties. So thank you, Katniss, my cat, for helping me find CryptoKitties. And uh, then I spent, you know, I've spent the last couple years, you know, really, uh, you know, we, we call ourselves degenerates or degens for short, because, you know, if you put an NFT project in front of our face, we're just gonna basically try to buy all of them with um DGEN's like shiny things. So I very much have come out of the collector side of all of this and uh, I've been very vocal with the CryptoKitties developers and some different NFT projects about what I believe should be the next steps in NFTs. And I didn't really get a lot of like positive reception. You know, some people like my ideas, but they're like, yeah, but we're not going to spend money trying to do that. Cause we don't really think people care about that. And that's fair. Um, so in uh, April of, uh, of 2019, I think it was Larva Labs released Autoglyphs and they showed us that, Hey, there are some people thinking about putting stuff on chain and that kind of reinvigorated, you know, my my idea that I had had around avatars that I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue and then, you know, by June of uh, 2019 I had basically started the project and started to seek out a developer. I think I found it. I think Cliff I found right in the beginning of June, if not the end of, uh, of May and we've been going ever since. So the premise of Avastars, um, the grand vision, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more later, but the grand vision is that they will be uh, the avatar, the avatars of the metaverse, right? I, I, uh, I looked at NFT space and I see a lot of people building games um and i know i'm a gamer i'm actually like i'm 42 years old and like i probably play video games more than i should so like i have a pretty high bar as far as like this the games i actually want to spend my time learning and playing and devoting um, myself to so i haven't really found many games inside of the blockchain space that i really like um crypto kitties is about as close as it gets and the game there is spending money to make more cats so i liked that a lot for some reason i'm still trying to figure out why um but but so i didn't really want to make another game but i really wanted to make a better nft so the foundation of avastars wasn't to put specifically what we created, um, we didn't set out to create these characters. We set out to put art on the blockchain and SVGs in particular because we figured out a way to do that. And then putting the metadata for the tokens as well on the blockchain. So really, I feel like we did kind of what CryptoKitties did and I'm making some assumptions here. I, I think I took a similar approach here where I wanted to build a token and I had some specific standards in mind for the token that I wanted to meet. Um, because I, as a collector, want to buy tokens that are immutable completely. The art, the metadata, I don't want to rely, and no one should have to rely on third parties for blockchain items and assets. And that's the same for Avastars. Like, I feel bad that, you know, when we do launch the game of Avastars, that, People have to kind of rely on us, you know, to serve them up the scrolling and everything else. We did the RNG locally in your browser and not directly on chain. Anyways, this is a step. The token itself is completely decentralized. Like once an Avistar token is minted, it's yours. There's nothing that we can do to take it away. The art is always on the chain. The metadata is on the chain. You can go make calls to our smart contract and read your metadata in a human readable form. So before we
0: keep going, just to kind of give people uh, a more general overview of like what the Avastar is, like, could you just walk us through like what the SVG sandwich is that people are buying? Like what current stage you're on right now? I know you're in the the Genesis founders, like selling the exclusive ones before you get to the primes. Could you just like walk us through the actual app? Like what,
1: what it actually is. Cause this is like the information that's really not out there. And uh, so I'm glad you're, you're actually asking that. Okay. uh, Let's see. So, First of all, yes, we stored, uh, I don't know the exact number. I kind of do, but this is probably off by like a couple numbers. It's like 624, 620 traits. And that includes physical, what we call physical traits and then the color palettes, And, um, a lot of the physical traits don't actually look like much until you apply a color palette to it, but so there's 624 traits. And, uh, the last time, uh, they did the math specifically before we added backgrounds, which was 52 additional traits. Um, we were at 1.8 quintillion or quadrillion. I actually, I think it's quintillion. It doesn't even really matter. The point is, is there's so many of them that like, even if like, everybody who collects NFTs scrolled for a month straight, we're still not even going to see like nearly all of the possible combinations.
0: And can you unpack that scrolling mechanism? Because I had to reread that like 10 times. And then I realized, oh, people are literally just going to have to scroll through a browser. And each scrolling action will create a new avatar that they'll see and could judge if they would like. Is that correct?
1: It's close. So did you play Clovers at all? Did you play with that NFT? I didn't. Well, well, the general premise is is kind of what you said. I, I won't use Clover, clovers as the example here. Um, basically, depending on the size of your screen, you may have like you know a eight to a dozen Avastars on your screen uh, at one time. It's just going to be basically a wall of Avastar profile pictures, and you scroll. And as you scroll, your bro- you generate more Avastars with these traits randomly in the browser. And if you find one that you want to make into an NFT, you click on it. There will be a price that you pay depending on the rarity of the Avastar, which is going to be clear to you when you're scrolling. Um, And then you buy it. And then once it's bought, what happens is we actually, uh, we've already stored all the art and everything on the blockchain. It's already all all there. So we just basically store a, a trait hash, Um and we mint that and deliver it to your account and then your token, like if you were to look at your token next to a CryptoKitty token, it looks pretty much the same. Um, um, but the difference is is that there's you can actually recall all the information that trade hash. Our smart contract can decrypt that for you and tell you exactly, or decode that for you rather, and tell you exactly what art that is and what it does is it'll actually spit out. Uh, the SVG code um, if you do a call to say like, what's this art? So it's not going to give you the picture unless Etherscan decides to render the picture instead of the code. But you know, the, you'll get all that code. You can go paste that into a file and make that into an SVG. Uh, but, but really it's the, so so you'll just scroll. Like you can scroll forever and never buy an Avistar. And you know, I've scrolled for months and months and months and months. And it's kind of fun to try to find one. You, you can decide that you want to find one with a combination of traits or that looks a certain way. Um and, and so what we'll do is they're they're broken down into five series. Uh and once five thousand have been created in this first series, then it'll roll over to the second series, and then once five thousand have been created in the second series, so on and so forth through five series. So in, in what we're calling generation one primes, primes are the ones you scroll through and find. There'll be twenty-five thousand of those total and the users will decide what twenty-five thousand of those are created in the NFTs. Do you have any questions about that part?
2: No, that's clear. No, uh, yeah, I'm following. I I mean, yeah, go ahead, Jim.
1: Yeah, okay, so then the next part will be like once that ends, then you'll be able to actually make an avastar however you want it to look, provided you have collected primes that have the trait parts that you want to use to create your replicant. So... There's 12 parts. There's 12 trait copies. There's 12 traits in any Avastar um, that make up the Avastar. And you get like one copy of each trait when you buy a Prime, basically. It's attached to the Avastar. You can't like, you know, put it somewhere else. It's on the Avastar. And this is actually also metadata on-chain. And when you use a trait to create a a replicant, that on-chain metadata we call that dynamic metadata or composable metadata that metadata is then changed to indicate that that trait has been used um so you'll be able to actually build your own avastars exactly how you want them to like i said before as long as you collect or buy the trait the avastars with the traits that you want to your your to use to create that avastar so you have avastar primes and you have avastar replicants Um, because of the nature of the trait parts and that you only get one copy from a prime there can never be more replicants than there are primes we also put a hard cap in the contract at twenty five thousand, um just to make sure that you know there if there were any there was anything that went wrong it would still cap there there should not be anything that goes wrong. Um, uh, but, uh, so it's basically that's gen one, right? Gen one is, is 25,000 primes, 25,000 replicants, plus these 200 founders and exclusives that we have on open right now, um, which would bring, you know, the total potential cap up to 50,200. Um, and there's, I've already explained the subcategories there. So, that's basically what Gen 1 is, is this this whole series, this whole this whole collection here in Gen 1. And the art is by a uh, Brazilian artist named Mar- Marmota and Milky. They're a Brazilian artist team. Um, they do a bunch of commercial art with uh, big brands like Burger King and Adidas and Hyundai and stuff like that. Um, they're really new to crypto. This is their first project. In the crypto scene, I think um, first customer in the US that they've ever worked with. They're just amazing. Their art has been top notch, and right now they're working on building out our website, which we don't have as of today. Believe it or not.
2: So, Jim, I'm I'm trying to like understand the the big picture of this whole thing, and and so correct me if I'm wrong. Like my my general understanding is. The game itself that you've created is not necessarily anything revolutionary. It's sort of like your guys' own take and tweak on a lot of the other NFT, like random generating, feature swapping, breeding type of things going on. But correct. you're using it as a vehicle to sort of push out this concept of keeping everything on the blockchain in a nutshell. Is that basically what you're doing with it?
1: I think you, I think you hit it, right? Like I do think that we actually created some pretty special art in the end, you know, I can look at these and and you know, feel great about them, but there's nothing groundbreaking about that in any way. It's generative SVG art. Yeah, the art, the the art on chain and metadata on chain, the dynamic metadata, uh the true ownership license um that Matthew t- touched on in the very beginning of the uh of the podcast. Those those are the real things that we've done here and then the art is secondary to all all of that so you know really this was about putting out a better nft and we do plan to take the metadata uh, improvements that we've made and and create a new standard based off of that so that's something we will be working on um, once we get avastars completely out of the door and we have time to to take a breath. But we, we do want these metadata improvements to, and really like what, like OpenSea is actually serving our metadata directly from the blockchain, which is really huge, right? Like you don't, we don't have to, we don't have to host a JSON file in order for them to read the information. So what you're seeing on OpenSea is actually on the blockchain. um, And that's really powerful. Um, But they're even there, we're just serving up the JSON and the current, uh, standard that exists for ERC 721. Um, and we can't even tell you half the things about each trait that we want to tell you. So we can basically, you know, just tell you like that this trait goes to this gene and then open will determine the rarities and everything else. But, but that gene has a rarity already assigned to it by us and it has a series assigned to it and it has other things assigned to it as well. So we can't tell you that, though, on OpenSea because it's not OpenSea's fault because the current JSON standard doesn't support rich metadata. And so we not only want to do the on-chain metadata standard and standardize that, um, but we also want to create a richer metadata standard um, that's suited for multiple types of NFTs. You have, we have different classes of NFTs coming out with arts, art and games and things like that, and they could use different types of metadata. Anyways, so that's one of the, one of the things that we really um, – it turns out I think that's actually the biggest thing we did here. The art on-chain is cool, and that's good for collectors. Um, but the metadata on-chain and then an improved metadata standard, which should come out of that, that's really going to be useful to any NFT project going forward. And I think there's even ways to make it backwards compatible by deploying a new contract that can read the metadata on an existing token and then serve up the uh, metadata information that, uh, that um, developers are traditionally hosting off chain. So that's an option too, as well.
2: So who, who do you see like outside of the game that uh, you've created, um, and the artwork is cool, man. I mean, the, I, I also play a lot of these games and have tinkered around with a million of them. And, uh, you know, it's just a fascinating uh, space in general. Uh, but, let, you know, let's say this is all like, you know, all goes well, successful people like this concept of storing everything on the blockchain. Who do you like, who needs this the most right now? Or do you feel like this is like an across the board, like everyone should be uh, getting on this train? Or is there like a specific niche that you feel like they really need to be doing this uh, more than anybody?
1: Well, you know, we don't have a whole lot of important stuff going on in NFTs yet. So I haven't, I can't, you know, that's a really great question. And I haven't say I've put a great deal of thought into every area where this should or could apply. I think collectibles is obvious, is, is a very obvious one, right? We're trying to collect things. I think art is extremely obvious as well. I know it's not realistic at the moment to put large images on Ethereum blockchain. But I do believe in the next year or two, we will have opportunities and options to put larger files on a blockchain and in an NFT and have, uh, you know, that ability. So, I mean, right now I'm doing what's available, you know, using Ethereum and some pretty efficient ways of storing some images. But I think art in particular is very important because Look, I'm just a novice collector of art, and I, you know, you guys know I have strong opinions, but I'm just not afraid to share what I think, and um, and I believe that this NFT solve like one of the biggest problems in the art world, at least for digital art, it solves one of the biggest problems in the art world that's tr- that's existed with traditional art, and that is the provenance of the art, right? And with uh, NFT that has the art and the history of ownership and the metadata of that art, like what it is and who did it and everything else. When all that stuff's there in one place, like it's a single point of failure, but it's on a distributed decentralized network. So that point of failure, it, it's such a elegant solution to this age old problem in the art world. So like, I actually think that it's probably most important in the long run for art Um, as far as, like, all three of these things being together, and I think collectibles as well. Outside of that, there's probably applications for all of this, um, but, I mean, I I believe that NFTs could be identity, and I definitely don't think that we want all of our identity stuff just stored immutably on the blockchain, at least not, like, nakedly without being encrypted and stuff like that. I'm not even ready to get to, like, zero-knowledge-proof NFTs. I think that's an awesome idea, but, like, I feel like we still have to, like, really build the foundations of how like NFTs like handle information and data and where it's contained and really trying to fit, like, let's stop looking at NFT just as like a record of ownership, but let's look at it as a complete thing. Like whatever the NFT is, let's try to keep it as, as contained inside of that as possible. So that's my crazy idea that, that I even sometimes I'm like, what do, why do I even care about this? Like, I don't <laughs> even know. Like, seriously, like I don't, I just do care about it. So, you know, I'm just going to keep caring about it.
0: No, I mean, I definitely feel like it's a valid challenge. Uh, And when you frame it the way that you do it, not, not simply having the NFT be this record of ownership, which is leaps and bounds better than what we've had previously, especially when it comes to, to art, right? But when you step back and you're like, well, how are we going to correlate all this information, including the image of the, of the art itself? Like, in 50 years, in 100 years, like, assuming, like, everything, like, we want to still collect this art. um, But then also bearing in mind all the factors that play out in reality where projects shut down. And like, Images could be lost or, you know, if they're not stored in this immutable way, right? That's a hugely valid concern that people really do need to start taking seriously in terms of like backing up these images with the, the actual token itself and hopefully coming up with a solution that like I think what you're trying to get at is put everything together on, on the single token so that it's, it's simple and elegant. I mean,
1: it's the most efficient way if you think about it too. Like people are going to say you shouldn't store stuff on a blockchain. Well, I call BS. We have plenty of storage space. You know, there's plenty of servers in the world. We just have to figure out how to connect those into blockchains. That's not something I'm trying to solve right now anyways. But, you know, if if you store things off of the – on a different source than the blockchain than the tokens on and that goes away, then the tokens you've you, – the storage space you used on the blockchain to store that other information about the token is, in my mind, is kind of wasted anyways. So, like, why not, like, make it so it's never going to be, like, trash, right? Like, make it so that, that everything there is, is always complete and then you're never, like, wasting space on the blockchain, so to speak. I mean, you can make other arguments as to why it would be a waste, but it's not going to break.
0: Totally. I mean, I see what you're doing as, as sort of like a century project or a millennium project just to keep all of this stuff a, a, around for the long, long term. Um, and, and that's cool.
1: I wanna make a point too about about like I don't think most people are really thinking about what's possible with NFTs and some and blockchain as well. I think what a lot of people and this isn't like I'm not digging people for doing this, but I think a lot of people are looking and saying like, How can I like use this with what I already have here? Right. Instead of saying like, what new cool thing can I do with this? And that's kind of where like I came from, I think, with with Avastars.
0: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I mean, the developer mindset and, and the real spirit of innovation, uh, and creating something novel. Uh, I, I totally feel that. And it's understandable, like what people, when they see a set of tools, uh, arrayed in front of them, they, they can hack something together. And I think in our situation within the NFT space, people have hacked together a lot of really great Awesome stuff. Um, but now it's up to people to think of the longer term in addition to thinking of the shorter term. But I really want to touch on this idea of identity and how Avastars could potentially play into there. Um because yeah. in the digital space, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with David Birch, but he has this, he's been a huge proponent of coming up with this, this kind of fractionalized pseudonymous theory of identity where when, especially with the blockchain, we're able to really solidify and codify, uh, particular aspects of our identity that and permission which ones we would like to make public at certain times. Right. So.
1: By the way, I'm not necessarily like specifically familiar with David Birch, but everything you were just saying there is very much in line with my line of thinking.
0: Yeah. So using that as a starting point, I I would just like to hear your thoughts on how NFTs could play a role in building out uh, a viable form of digital identity.
1: Sure. And this is actually like the thing I'm probably most excited about in NFTs. Um, It's not actually metadata and art on chain. It's actually the future that we're trying to get to. But when I am talking about identity and NFT identity, I'm not, I am not just talking about Avastars. I'm talking about just NFTs in general. And Avastars just happen to be one NFT that's going to benefit greatly from um, identity based on NFT. So the premise is, well, there's a couple of different things here. Are you guys familiar with the dark forests of the internet? So I, I kind of really identify with that and uh, online anonymity and privacy and people's right to that. I don't feel like it's always necessary, but I think that there should always be the option to be, you know, anonymous and private if, if, if you want and on the right platforms. Kind of with that in mind, uh, I feel like NFTs fit really well as a form of identity. And for, for starters, let's take it from the, f- the physical world into the blockchain. And let's talk about how today... I've always thought it's ridiculous to use a wallet as an identity because my identity is inside of my wallet. I mean, not only that, like, like people are concerned about their privacy and and you know people don't want like their accounts just out there in the open. And obviously, on blockchain, they are going to be publicly available, and there's going to be ways to find them. But most people aren't going to go do that stuff on their own. So, like, anyways, backing up from that, wallets are not a good form of identity, and that's that's the starting point for all of this, right? The the second thing is is that wallets do hold identities in the real world so okay we've got a wallet we got to put an identity in it well like i don't really know of any other things you could put in wallets other than cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens so non-fungible tokens it is because cryptocurrency doesn't make a good form of identity either anyways so we've got these we've got a non-fungible token which is a unique digital asset which any nft potentially could form as as a form of identity what we need to do is we, the first step to this really grand vision where every form of identity is an NFT, and I'm, I mean everything, is the first thing we do is just log in with an NFT instead of with our wallet address. So the only thing we change in this whole equation here, and I'm not a developer. I'm the guy who comes up with the ideas and challenges developers to make it. Instead of looking for the wallet address, we just need to look for the identifying NFT and then the signature of that wallet is the second part. So the username is the NFT and the password is still the wallet signature. So that's the simple premise. And let me explain a couple of benefits here. Uh, one is if you want to keep your account safe, you can just throw your NFT into uh, you know, your on your ledger or somewhere where you're, you're not an active wallet, um, and you can keep it safe and secure. And then that way also like Because of the nature of these things being able to be traded and bought and sold. So that leads into this other idea of like, now I can have hundreds of identities or thousands of identities. I can build up my reputation potentially on different websites and experiences and virtual worlds using different identities. So this opens up a really big chasm of possibility within identity. If we're just talking for now about identity in the online world, that doesn't have to be tied to your real world identity um, where you're allowed to have an anonymity online, like all of a sudden, like not only can you almost not trust anybody, but you can also like really, really, really trust people. Like if I use my, My founder Avastar that I've never bought, sold, or traded, right? And like I've built up my reputation on, and like I can, like there's some real power to that. Like this is me, and like you, you know it's me, even though it's not a real, real identity. It's my online identity. And then on top of that, like we we need our privacy, and like some people believe, and I kind of am starting to subscribe to this that the future of privacy is it's, it's kind of like privacy through, through obfuscation. Like we just like have like all these fake identities we throw out there and bots that do all these fake things and actions around our accounts. And then like the advertisers and things like that can't figure out which one the real one of us is and doesn't know how to like, you know, really map our profiles. And anyways, I know I got off on a bit of a tangent there, but like, so that's for like, for NFT login, there's a lot of cool possibilities around identity but but I think the key thing at first, I actually don't think this is like the hardest problem in the world to solve. I, I know there's some services out there. It might even be mint who I don't even really give you a lot of credit for a lot of stuff, but they might even be looking to see Was that on your talk last week where they're looking to see if an NFT is in the wallet in order to perform some action.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're using that for the, the moderator uh, function.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this is the exact same thing. Like you just have to look and see if a, a token's in the wallet, like and if it is, like, then there's maybe another service that says, okay, is this sir, is this a token tied to NFT login? Yes. Okay, if it is, then initiate this login. Let's look for a signature now, right?
0: I think it's, it's that. And then the reason why I love that thought experiment and this actual in real life experiment with the moderator token is that, well, we're talking just about Mintbase right now, but the, if they're able to record the actions... That these moderators are taking and perhaps overlay a, an evaluation that the rest of the, like the users on the network performs to kind of like judge the accuracy of the moderators themselves and recorded on the, the token on the NFT itself. That NFT could then be used by other sites who are looking for trusted moderators, right?
1: Yeah, that's the reputation you can build up, right? And, and so I don't actually know if it will go – I don't know if it goes specifically on that token. I think then you have a smart contract that actually manages all of this and keeps track of the reputation of the different tokens. Um, because otherwise all the yeah. – token- Are you familiar with Scribe? Yeah. Yeah. Con- Conlin's uh, project.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, like I'm imagining, like if there's some sort of like reverse scribe or something like that, where you you could add on like a comment or something to. That's about. kind
1: of what I have in mind. I think for this, like I think in my talks with Cliff, like that's kind of where we've gone. Is that, you know, maybe there would be some sort of smart contract database that kind of says, oh, like a user would say, okay, I want Avastar 140 to be my identity. Like I would go there and tell it. I want to set up an identity for Avstar 140, an NFT login identity at first. It's just going to be that. And then it would say, okay, cool. And then like maybe there's some information that like the smart contract asks if we want to give it, you know, like, I don't know, like, do you want a name associated with this or something like that, username or whatever it is. And then and then from there I would then go to you know crypto voxels and log in. And it would say, "Do you want to log in with a wallet address or, uh, you know, an NFT?" I select an NFT. Okay, cool. And then, like, it goes and looks on the contract for—I don't know. My current—it it can probably look up who the current owner is on there or something. But anyways, there's a way it looks up and sees that that NFT is an NFT login NFT, like it's been associated on the smart contract. And then from there, like any action, just like you were saying with the moderator, any action I performed in crypt- crypto voxels, it could record. It could know that I placed, you know. Seven thousand bricks this week etc and you know it can track everything it can or like for some people like myself like my reputation is very important believe it or not i'm willing to put it on the line a lot but like my reputation is important to me and it's valuable to me and i'd love for like in 10 years for me not to have to spend hours explaining to somebody what i've done and why they should be listening to me pitch like some crazy idea that's going to save the world you know instead i'd like to be able to show them like here look You know, I've done this a few times, you know, and I'm not, I'm not full of it. You know, I don't know. I think it's, I think that's like the really cool thing is that we've got this ability to bring in these different metrics into our identity and measure all these things and gamify like these different like online profiles. Um, It could really make. This is like a similar thing where like all of a sudden like you don't you can't just think about logging into Facebook with this because like that's boring. But like what new things can we do if now identity is like this tradable like asset that can be built up to hold some sort of value in the social like economy
2: dude i'm in man i'm like yeah all right it all makes sense uh let's just you know fast do forward. It. yeah we
1: just have to build it real quick right uh,
2: yeah um well so yeah i mean you know this, this is the struggle with like a lot of like really good big ideas is like how did you get like everyone else to recognize what a great big idea it is and i'm like whoa we're like way down the rabbit hole right you you gotta like understand crypto then you gotta go from there to understanding nfts and smart contracts and then like have some appreciation for like you know metadata and and you know transferring these properties and everything so i'm like what what's the angle then man And is, is it like try to get everyone who's like already in our rabbit hole like on board with this concept or, or do you see like outside of the rabbit hole applications that could start to use this
1: let me take the idea further here. So this is the first step, right? We log in with our NFTs and then we can do these silly things like, you know, social networks and stuff like that. Um, but once you have the ability to log in with an NFT, then like maybe a company would like to explore the ability to move their employee badging to uh, an NFT login. And then like you were saying, you can log all the things a person does on a blockchain an immutable ledger once we have NFT login I mean, they have the ability to do a login on based on an NFT on a blockchain um, then we can start to apply that to the outside world and to users who don't even have to know that they're interacting with the blockchain at all. I mean, you can start to like look at things like memberships to different clubs and organizations. Um, you know, we see right now, like with the, uh, I think I love the demo of the Forbes login with the unlock protocol but the token's like spam after it's used, right? So like, I'm not really sure if that makes sense, but instead being able to attach a membership to identity, to an NFT identity instead, right? So being able to like, maybe say like this, this this NFT login is identified or is authorized for the next 12 months on this platform. And then like, you can still like, you know, give that like login information to somebody else like you could with the with the unlock protocol. But in this way, Like, you're not creating an extra NFT just for, like, a temporary membership. So, like, I don't think that, like, we need to do, like, membership tokens for everything and conference tickets for everything and concert tickets for everything. I do see, like, the collectability of some of those things for what it's worth. But I actually think it would be much better if it was attached to our identities, you know, some of these things, um, memberships and things like that. It's a little, little more efficient if you, like, take a, like, step back.
0: So for like a first proof of concept, I mean, since you already have avastars out there and you have this, this really interesting discord server and the token stars, right? Discord server. And I know you have the website in the works to, to bring everything together. Are you going to try with Cliff to put together a sort of avastar as identity proof of concept?
1: Yeah. So what we would like to do, um, as a proof of concept for this is, uh, if no one else is working on NFT login, then I guess we'll probably have to build that. Uh, there might be, we might hear something at uh, East Denver this week. Uh, supposedly Fort Maddox working on that. Uh, if they're not working on it, then we'll start working on that as soon as we wrap up, you know, Gen 1 of uh, of, of Avastars. Um, but the idea then is, is that we would do a social network for Avastars. Um, like kind of like a Facebook for Avastar sort of thing where you would lo- log in with your Avastar and have your profile for your Avastar. And it would just be your Avastar social network. Like, you know, it's not you, it's, it's Avastars. So that would be like just a proof of concept, like just to show like here's something you can do with NFT login um, that's different than just traditional log in with an NFT on an existing site, you know, like, cause like I said, it is about like doing the traditional stuff too, but we also have to think about like, what new things can we do with this technology um, that we couldn't do with previous technology.
0: I feel that. And then we'll kind of to take us out of this rabbit hole, which has been really fun, (laughs) uh, but to maybe just enter a a new one, Riz and I, we talk mainly about Crypto art. Um, I know you're you're more into coming from the the gaming side of uh, the NFT space. Of of course, I'm sure you're familiar with all the different digital art marketplaces. I'm sure you, I've seen you comment on them and talk about them. I just wanted to kind of go through like a rapid fire series of questions, like get throwing out the marketplace names and then asking you if you would buy any of the work there or not buy, just because of like maybe concerns about metadata storage or, or what have you. Um, is that something you'd be open to?
1: Yeah, I mean, I could probably, you probably don't have to ask about each one specifically. I can tell you right now that I don't think any of the f- four main platforms and the four I would be talking about would be Super Rare, Known Origin, uh, Blockchain Art Exchange, and Makers Place. To my knowledge and searching, which has not been extensive, but more extensive than most probably, I don't think they're really storing much metadata. They're probably storing the IPFS hash of the art itself um and i think that's most of the metadata i could be really wrong about this though so please if i'm wrong please you know tell me i'm wrong on twitter um and i will learn and that will be good um but i don't really think that like they're taking much measures about the metadata right now and the art though as far as i know on all four of those platforms is on ipfs so at least there is a um there's a a distributed storage for the art and there are ways for a user to be able to um re-upload that art to ipfs if uh if for any reason it disappeared um so i feel reasonably comfortable with the measure measures all four of those platforms have taken and i own art on all four of those platforms i don't feel really really great about any of it i don't really feel great about any nfts except for autoglyphs and now Avastars. but. Um, but they're all really trying to do the best that they can f- with what they have right now. And uh I think all of those platforms have a really solid shot of being around for, you know, the next 10 years. So I feel v- fairly comfortable um buying an NFT that doesn't fit like the full ethos of what we've been talking about for the last 30 or 40 minutes um off any of those platforms because the artists on there are amazing and I love Uh, a lot of the art i've i am fairly new to collecting uh crypto art but over the last two or three months or maybe longer i've lost track of time um i've kind of amassed quite a collection so um i'm very much in I, i think crypto art is like top 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 of the um nft space like that is the creme de la creme of nfts so I want to work to get that stuff on the blockchain and everything else as we talked about earlier. Like that's why I want to do that because I feel like this is like the, the you know, we're, we have the next, this is a renaissance in digital art going on here and we have a way now to preserve this stuff like for hundreds of years potentially and, and maybe even longer and we can preserve all of it and keep a record of all of it and uh, I just want to help make that happen.
0: That's sweet. And I feel like when folks in the space hear that, because I think there's a lot of misinterpretation that can happen, obviously on Twitter and just with the written word. So I feel like when folks hear that, and we're actually, we're fighting the same battle. <laughs> we're just saying different things. I know.
1: Well, I've been telling people that in the middle of our conversation, like there's so much nuance to everything we're discussing around copyright and quality and effort and all these different things. But like, at the end of the day, like you really hit it at the beginning is like, I'm really, I don't know why I care so much, but I care about NFTs and I really just want to make NFTs better for everybody, like for the artists, for the collectors, for the developers. Like, let's just light this space on fire. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. I feel that. and in the, in the good way, light it on fire. Like, let's <laughs> like light the blaze. Let's like light the freaking fuse underneath of our engines that's going to shoot us to freaking Venus, you know? I don't know.
2: Jim... Are screenshots art?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> Jim, you know what I am just messing with you, man.
1: <laughs> you know, some of them are. You know, and you know what I wanted I, wa- I do want to touch on that. I'm actually really glad you brought that up. I don't I'm in the super rare Discord server and I was talking to Pac, who's an amazing new artist on the super rare platform. Um, and we were we were having this discussion and I I, I said, you know, that art invokes emotion and everything else. And I said, well, hold on, you know, that those screenshots pissed me off. And so if the point of those was to make me mad, then it's a fucking, it's a masterpiece, you know? So I'll get, I'll get, I'll open the doorway that it might be art if it was meant to make me mad. <laughs> Dude, for anybody, Matt.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a fantastic answer. W- one brief uh, follow up question, man. Do do you have any like interesting uh, projects that you're you don't necessarily have your hand into, but that you're just you, you seem like a tinkerer. Are you tinkering around with anything cool on the side? Or,
1: God, there's so many cool things happening right now. Like you know, we kind of just went through that wave of the first wave of micro NFTs with the Math Token, the Word Token, um, and Chain Faces and stuff like that. Those are all my friends who made that. We've all kind of been talking about on-chain stuff, and you know, I I got them into the cult over a couple of months, and now they're convinced that you know maybe on-chain stuff is cool, and they're doing really cool stuff with composability. So I think those are really neat. Um, let me think because there is some stuff that I'm kind of keeping my eye on. Um. Geez, Johnny on the spot here. Crypto Motors seems really interesting. Like they've been around for a little while and I've seen them around, but Token Smart really like has brought in like these developers and things into the community. And Leandro is uh the developer he's he's one of the designers for uh Crypto Motors and he's amazing. He really's opened a lot of our eyes to the quality of the project. Um so I'm actually really excited about that. Um I just bought avastars actually bought uh 84 parcels in sandbox last night or the night before um and so we're gonna have a big build in there we've got our big build in crypto voxels i'm extremely excited about the future of crypto voxels um we're gonna have a big scavenger hunt for avastars and crypto voxels in the next couple weeks um so i'm really I, i'm excited about virtual worlds in the metaverse you know maybe another time like we can just talk about like the future of the metaverse and and where I feel like avatars kind of fits into that and everything else but uh
0: let's do that at a uh, NFT NYC.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Yep. Cool. I'm um, looking forward to it. looking forward to it.
0: Cool. Well, Jim, well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I I think a lot of other folks will too. I think it clarifies a, a lot about your position, where you're coming from, your intent. Um but also, I think we talked about a lot of uh, the awesome implications of the project that you're currently working on, Avastars, uh, which I hope people will continue to FOMO over. Uh, I can't wait to scoop my, my my first one, actually, just because of the identity part and seeing what kind of cool stuff you can cook up with that. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. But before you go, uh, just make sure you plug like all your Discord servers or wherever you want anyone to find you and your projects, and then we can sign off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just want to say that, you know, right now the founder sales going on Avastars, those are just founders. The game itself that we talked about earlier, that'll launch hopefully in the beginning of March. Uh, we're going to try to get the website and scrolling up as soon as possible, even before we start letting you mint them so people can go scroll through and look. Um, so uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Twitter, we are at Avastars NFT. Um, I'm at Dapp Wizard. And uh, our Discord is uh, discord.gg forward slash avastars. And if you wanted to join the Token Smart community, which I would highly recommend, it's like drinking from a fire hose, but there's a lot of really great people there. It's discord.gg forward slash NFT. So we've got all the dank you know, uh, Discord links. We also, um, our blog for, Dis- for avastars is nft.substack.com. I don't know why anybody else didn't get that one yet, but nft.substack.com. We're at avastars.io. I actually, even though we don't have a website, I think people will be amused by what I have up there right now. It was just a really simple form before, but I took the form we had there and made it a little bit more fun. So even if like, you know, just go check out the form on our website and tell me if I did a good job hacking that together.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jim. Um, And looking forward to meeting up in NFT NYC, but please just keep on building, man. Keeping it real.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, I love scent. I just discovered it like a month ago and more people need to know about scent and I'm starting to spread the word myself. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm kind of active on there. I'm more seeding posts and things like that and making some comments. I haven't done any of my own content yet, but uh, I really, really love the platform.
0: Oh, that's awesome and totally noticed that and hopefully we'll build out some new tools uh, in the upcoming weeks with our new update that that you'll like
1: even more. I mean, is it possible that sometime in the future we could have Avatar photos as you know, Avatars be the login? If if are you guys game if I can do NFT login? Are you guys gonna help you guys gonna integrate that? Are you gonna be one of the first people to integrate it?
0: That's something that we've been talking about, how to incorporate NFTs. So that's white space that we're more than happy to to keep discussing. Um, oh, and come I, it feels on. Like- put
1: yourselves on the line here. If I do it, you guys will, you guys will implement it. <laughs> that, come on. It's, it's let's an, do an it. ongoing discussion. Let's do it together. We- all right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I am going to make NFT login if no one else is. And then I'm going to convince you guys to put it on your site.
0: Whatever happens, uh, it's going to be sweet. Uh, but again, it was a pleasure, Jim. And... Talk soon. Yep. Take care. Thank you very much for listening to my conversation with Avastar's creator, Jim McNellis. If you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I did recording it, make sure that you go and see it over on Scent.co. My next spotlight will be dropping sometime next week, and it'll be featuring the spherical crypto artist, or soon to be crypto artist, known as Spherical Art, aka Paul Peterson. Look for that to drop sometime early next week, and have a great weekend, everybody.